Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hi, Brewer fans. Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast. Joining me today is Scott Bartell. Scott, how are you doing? Ah, uh, not bad, not bad. Can't complain. How about right. yourself? And, uh, I'm Craig, and of course, Vince and Chad are on assignment, I think. Um, so we got a bunch of news here to talk about. Um, and I guess we'll start um, with kind of just recapping a little bit, and we'll go over each of it. First of all, a couple of congratulations are in order. Uh, Kristen Yelich, who is one of the MVP, NL MVP finalists, one of the three, top three before they announced that award, he has actually received the Hank Aaron Award for the second year in a row which is given to the best offensive player in the NL. So congratulations to Christian Yelich on that. And uh, unfortunately, injury shortened season. Um, also, Lorenzo Cain won his first Gold Glove Award uh, in the 2019 season. So a big congratulations goes out to him. Wait, did you say first or fifth? First. First ever? Unbelievable. I believe so, yes. Yeah, no, I'm just, just yep. getting around a little bit, but – doesn't it seem like he deserved a lot more? Absolutely. It's a long time uh, coming. A couple other Brewer ro- Yes, absolutely. A couple other Brewer roster moves that we'll talk about here a little bit at length. First of all, uh, a couple of people, uh, free agents have declined their club options, um, and that's, of course, uh, Yasmani Grandal and Mike Moustakis. So they are free to sign with any club, uh, they could, of course, sign with the Brewers if they're the highest bidder, but they are officially free agents. Um, also, the Brewers um, did not pick up their club option on Eric Thames, and um, therefore, he is a free agent. Um, and also, possibly the biggest news of the week is actually the Brewers made a trade, one of the first hot stove trades of the season, so to speak, for any club. And they've traded uh, Chase Anderson, who had a club option left for $8.5 million. And they traded that away, and it'll be picked up by the Blue Jays, who sent a first-base prospect, what kind of hitting prospect. He's made a double-A and struggled a little bit last year, but uh, uh, that's Chad Spanberger. So uh, there's quite a bit of news to get to. Um, oh, I should also mention that um, – it came out just today that Josh Hader, uh, unfortunately, did not or did not miss the cutoff for the Super 2. He did hit the cutoff, so the Brewers will have to pay him a little bit more this year than they are anticipating and kind of pretty much in all the trickle-down domino effect. They still have control of him for the next four seasons, but uh, they're going to have to start paying him kind of what he's worth starting this season and even more so in the fourth year of arbitration. He'll probably really make – close to what he'd make as a, free, as a free agent almost. So that's big news, and it's going to cost the Brewers, but they've got a great player still on their hands and team control. So, um, so Scott, I don't know where you want to start with all that, but um, maybe I guess, I guess maybe start with the, the trade. Chase Anderson, no longer a Brewer. What's your take on this? Well, um, I was going to say when you mentioned um, uh, Hayter qualifying for uh, Super 2 that he, he's going to get uh, he's going to get his payday finally. Um you said, unfortunately, unfortunately for the Brewers organization, and uh, I guess maybe a little bit for Brewer fans, but very, very fortunately for Josh Hader, because he's probably going to make five times what he was going to, so um, at least next year. So that's definitely uh, good for him. As far as the um, Chase Anderson trade, 
I think this kind of reminds me uh, a little bit of maybe um, when we traded Adam Lynn really, really early in November. Um, it was just basically just looking at it and saying, um, Chase Anderson is not worth uh, whatever, I forget what it was, but it's like, I don't know, eight, eight and a half million, something like that. Um, it, he's he's just not worth that for this team. And so if you can get anything for him, I think they were going to decline the option anyway. And if they weren't going to, um, or you may as well basically just get anything for him. And we got basically anything for him. We got very little return, unfortunately, but it, you know, Chad Spamberger is a first baseman and he's a prospect and he's not going to be able to help us this year, but is something that I guess keep an eye on, but he, he's not like a, a blue chipper by any means. Oh, and also part of the kind of more minor news um, this, uh, was that the Brewers also did not uh, tender a contract. They non-tendered uh, Corey Spangenberg, who was a utility player, left-handed batter for the Brewers, who kind of filled in fairly admirably even at the backup shortstop this season. Uh, he is being non-tendered, so he's no longer Brewer. And like you said, first baseman prospect Chad Spanberger is. So out with Spangenberg, in with Spanberger. So uh, the wheels are turning and the Brewers roster is taking shape. Um, I guess uh, pretty much for Chase Anderson, again, the news came up that they were likely going to decline his option. I think that they feel that they can use that $8.5 million uh, in the free agent market to better utilize it. Uh, Chase was an admirable member of the rotation for a number of years since uh, the Brewers did acquire him from the Diamondbacks. And um, he's a really good guy. Uh, again, he's someone who's kind of replaceable, um, really provides a nice depth to the Brewers. But you could tell that the Brewers didn't think that highly of him when they decided to leave him off the 2018 postseason roster. Um, but he did uh, really fill in and had some key quality innings last year. So you can't fault the guy. And, uh, kudos to Stearns for getting something for him and uh, Spanberger is you know um, he's still young enough uh, I think he's 23 or 24 he's only a double A but I mean he's a lottery ticket he could become something of use especially now that the Brewers really have uh, no one on their current 40-man roster who can uh, play or even platoon particularly at first or third base <laughs> as it stands so uh, if nothing else, he's there for depth or desperation or whatnot. But uh, obviously the Brewers have something in mind to fill in those positions, possibly even bring him back a third Mike Moustakis. We shall see. But um, what, what is your overall take, I guess, on the Brewers? It's kind of surprising to me. Uh, Thames had a $7.5 million option that the Brewers declined. I was a little surprised. I thought that was pretty much at probably what his market value would be, maybe a little bit above by a million or two. But – uh, were you kind of surprised uh, that Thames was jettisoned? I was definitely surprised because we don't have any kind of, I guess, in-house solution to uh, what we're going to do with first base. And when you think about it, uh, this is probably like the most question marks on a roster, especially a roster that uh, has made the playoffs the last two years. Uh, so many question marks that, and I'm not really sure like what the plan is. Uh, but it's going to be really, really exciting. But, I mean, let's look at it right now, okay? So we got um, holes at first, catcher. Uh, I, we might have to upgrade short. We definitely have a hole at third. Um, the, and then we still have to address probably uh, the starting rotation and for sure the relieving core as well. So uh, there's a lot that needs to be done between 
uh, now an opening day, but uh, I'm sure Stearns will figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it's just the start of the hot soap season, and uh, some of those players, like I said, like Moustakis, possibly even Grandal, could re-sign with the Brewers, so um, you just never know, but I think um, freeing up, well, technically, I mean, the Brewers freed up the $8.5 million and $7.5 million by not offering contracts to um, and trading, I guess, Anderson and Thames, so I mean, it gives me some hope that the Brewers will still be able to sign Steven Strasburg and um, Garrett Cole this offseason. But yeah. I guess I'd temper. We might have to settle on just one. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I think, the, all joking aside, I think Brewer fans have to temper their expectations on the type of, especially starting pitchers that we're willing to quote unquote invest in long term deals. And I think it, this, I mean, that's kind of shown their playbook already. I think that the Brewers would probably look to sign someone on a one to max three-year deal regardless of the quality of the free agents so um you never know um a couple of names that i throw out there that i like are Julio Teheran and Cole Hamels but um another guy actually I know you like a lot Scott that kind of is Rich Hill is someone that rumored could be a potential brewer target he is left-handed he strikes out a ton but his age and injury history throw up huge red flags to me and I would stay away from him but possible option yeah, I just have a feeling that, like, when you look at, like, the Chase Anderson move and when you look at uh, the Thames move and thinking of all this salary that we're freeing up, um, I, I was actually talking with you about this the other day, but uh, let's not think that we're going to use this to, like, break the bank and sign, like, an ace uh, because I don't think that that's going to happen at all. In fact, uh, we were trying to – we were struggling to figure out who were, like, the top three – best starting pitchers that the Brewers have ever signed. Like, and we were coming up with like Supan and Loesch and Garza. I think I threw Glenn and Rush in the mix. Like, the, I mean, it's, it's pretty rough. So I, I, whoever, if we did sign either one of them, it would be like easily better than any of the other free agent starters combined. So I wouldn't get too excited about that, but I guess you never know. And Jordan, throwing that out there, Jordan Lyles is definitely an option to come back possibly on a one- or two-year deal after he pitched more than admirably for the Brewers on the stretch and into the playoffs. Um, I mean, he got us to the playoffs. Without that without that trade of Jordan Lyles, I don't think the Brewers are in the wildcard game at all. So kudos to that pickup by Stearns. And he's been a Brewer most of the last two seasons. And it wouldn't be a surprise if he came back. I mean, there's something about the guy that he's, he definitely has been pitching well as a Milwaukee Brewer and uh, uh, much more than he did as a Pittsburgh Pirates of game last year. So, I mean, uh, he's definitely someone who should still be on the Brewers' radar, hopefully. Unlike, you know, how they kind of treated Wade Miley, who threw a similarly uh, over-his-heads type fantastic season in 2018 for the Brewers, and they didn't seem to even want to match a very low salary on a one-year deal that he got from the Astros. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's nice to go in the offseason with the open, uh, some open roster spots and some flexibility and some options out there to see if there's someone even better the Brewers can bring in, but we shall see. Yeah, Miley is actually a free agent again, so you never know. Uh, he could wind up making his way back to Milwaukee. But, um, I mean, other than that, like who's on your, like, I guess, super wish list or, or something like that where – I don't know, like as far as a starting pitcher, that's like 
kind of like a possibility that we could even sign. Well, I mean, of course, it's possible we could sign just about anyone besides those guys that we mentioned, the big free agents. But, uh, um, I mean, conceivably, maybe the Brewers could even afford to uh, sign someone like Ryu, who is also a finalist for Cyan Award. You know, Award. So he's probably priced himself out of our market and probably will, you know, look to get a multi multi year deal. But so he's probably, you know, probably someone who won't get. But uh, like I said, uh, Julio Teheran is someone who's still young enough. Um, I think he's 28 years old, still young enough, in my opinion, to uh, make a breakthrough of some sort. He had a 3.81 ERA last year, and so some more signs the promise. I really like when the Braves, he's always struggled. He does give up quite a bit of a long ball, which is not a great fifth the part. But um, other than that, I mean, you're looking at other pitchers that are possibly veteran types like Cole Hamels or Rich Hill that are, you know, lefties, but they're pushing their late 30s at this point. And, um, you know, yeah, there's plenty of risk involved with that. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. So, like I said, I, I, I feel the Brewers are going to have to make minor moves in the pitching, starting pitching front, to like perhaps sign either Jordan Lyle or Wade Miley, Julio Tejero on a short deal, or someone of that ilk that just completely surprised me out of left field. Um, and instead, Instead, um, focus some of their money on the bullpen, possibly bringing back Drew Pomerantz, who also, in my opinion, will get at least a three-year deal. Showing what he did show as a brewer and lefty out of the pen, and I think you and I compared him to kind of a Andrew Miller light, which is kind of Andrew Miller how he is now with the Cardinals. Still a very valuable left-handed pitcher that can pitch multiple innings out of your bullpen. Um, I think he'd be someone that should still be on the brewer's radar uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Brewers invested in a player like that rather than a uh, you know, four- or five-year deal on a really good free agent starting pitching pitcher. It's just not going to happen. So, Yeah, I, I think pretty much every Brewer fan would be thrilled to, to get Pomerantz back, especially the version of Pomerantz that pitched for the Brewers. Obviously, um, he had a lot of success here after struggling for much of the year, actually. Um, other starting pitchers we could throw out, like throw their names out there. I mean, I guess like um, as far as like a wish list candidate, you could look at like a guy like Madison Bumgarner, but I don't, I don't think he's a great fit with the system. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would probably look more toward like maybe a return of uh, Jake Odorizzi. That could be interesting, I suppose. Or I guess we're always rumored with uh, Zach Wheeler every year. We may as well throw his name out there for like the fifth year in a row. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, both those guys had pretty phenomenal 2019 seasons, which I think would price themselves out of the Brewers market. Um, I mean, not that we couldn't afford them. I just don't think that the Brewers want to invest in their starting pitching. Um, and I mean, don't don't forget. Besides, um, you know, we still have some other depth in the rotation. Um, Freddie Peralta still someone that can move back into the rotation. Uh, we of course uh, acquired Jacob Faria last offseason. He was going to be in the mix, and then I guess you don't have you can't 100 percent write off Corbin Burns too as a possible back rotation option. So I think we have saw some young guys in house that uh, will compete for kind of those fourth and fifth spots potentially, or at least even one of them. Um, with that being said, I do think the Brewers will sign one free agent pitcher to a one or two year deal, and it'll be someone of the Jordan Lyles tier of player or quality talent, so to speak. And I guess I'll just stick with that because that's what I think will happen. And it wouldn't surprise me if they really did invest 
just as much money on, on one or two bullpen arms that really shore up the bullpen too. So we shall see. Brett uh, but Anderson, with that being said, that's the type that I, I see us getting somebody like that. <laughs> yeah. And going into this offseason, we definitely have more holes in the offense than we have in the last couple of years. So I think we'll have to invest some money in that. Obviously first base, um, third base catch are huge holes right now. And also, um shortstop could obviously use an upgrade um so there's definitely some some things to be done and and i, I also think we need a super utility type player like Hernan perez or whatnot or whatnot because of the fact that catching here is a late you know defensive liability is going to need a defensive replacement in most games so that's another you know Sterns definitely has work cut out for him this offseason but i'm definitely excited to see what he's going to put together yeah, it's gonna be a lot. I, I I think that there's so there's so many question marks on this roster that I almost feel like he kinda has to start wheeling and dealing a little bit like by the time the winter meetings roll around. Um but boy, I mean this this is the type of of organization right now that really tries to get those bargains by kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. And I don't think he can do that because we have so many question marks. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the only thing we have going for us good right now is that there's a lot of, of pretty good um, free agent first baseman out there. So I think that that is an easier position to upgrade or you can, I mean, obviously when we had Aguilar and Thames, um, the, well, at least the first year that we had them, it wound up working out phenomenally and we just had no idea what we had there. So I, I have faith that Stearns will be able to to figure out something at first base, um, probably even on the cheaper end. But uh, to be able to replace all the offense that we're losing uh, with Moustakas and Grandal, if we can't get them signed, let's hope that we get at least one of them back. But uh, kudos to those guys for being able to uh, – they basically took these shortened deals and said, I'm going to bet on myself that I'm going to be able to have an all-star year and get a big contract. And it looks like they made the right choice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's another – I don't want to say they got lucky, but to sign two pretty quality bats at the end of the offseason to one-year deals like they were able to do with uh, Masakas, and especially with Grandel, which completely came out of left field, so to speak, um, was shocking and also turned out to be a huge key to the Brewers being a playoff team for the second year. Because without those guys, we get nowhere near the playoffs. So, um now, the possibility is that we're going to be about those guys, I mean, we're definitely going to have some work cut out for us. But I agree with what you said. The Stern seems they're going to like lay in the weeds and wait for the bargains and wait for all the other teams to make their offer and then see, you know, see which guys are still in their market, so to speak. And uh, I, I like the strategy because then late in the offseason, if there's still someone out there that no one else has jumped on, you can kind of approach them with a, with a short-term deal at a higher annual average salary and then you take away all the risks basically um and it's a really smart way to i think operate as a small market gm so kudos to him um so i guess talking about uh, one other thing i guess i didn't mention at the beginning um there's a, uh, i'm sure you've seen it scott but supposedly there was a, a leak of the brewer's new uh logo that's supposed to be coming out for the 2020 season they're calling it their 50th season. It's actually a 51st season, but uh, they're rebranding their logo and uh, 
you know, this is kind of unconfirmed, but supposedly it looks very much like they're bringing back the ball and glove logo with a little bit of a uh, different color scheme. Um, and uh, I don't know, what do you think of the logo that you've seen and what are your thoughts? Uh, are you surprised at all by this? I am kind of surprised because I think that uh, part of the allure of the ball and glove logo is like the nostalgic factor. And I think that nostalgia kind of loses some of its luster when it's, it's out there every day. So I kind of always liked it that it was something that we'd bring back as like the Friday or the Sunday uniform kind of a thing. Um, so it never like, I mean, there, it was always kind of there in the background to move it to the foreground and make it like, our basically our only logo is a little bit interesting but i guess we kind of figured that things were going to change when uh once you know we our sponsorship changed from miller to american family so uh, i guess you know there goes the wheat and there goes the the m that was kind of it was basically the same kind of font i guess as the uh, as the miller beer logo so yeah with that being said i I don't mind it because it's, you know what? It's a great logo. So I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit like I, I'd like to see us do something new and I don't like organizations that change the logos every 10 years. Cause it usually means that they're not very successful. Um, but it, it's a, it's an awesome logo. That's where I'll agree with you, Scott. The, the original ball and glove logo is without question, one of the top five best sports, logo in sports history and for the Brewers to jettison it when they did in the early 90s for whatever that logo was of the 90s and then of course um change it again um was really a stupid move I'm sure someone got you know in the marketing department had that throwing idea back in the early 90s but uh anyway to ever get rid of that logo was really stupid and I think to bring it back permanently uh, I think it's a really good idea other other people have pointed out that most uh most uh, fran other franchises have kind of a branded logo or symbol. And then over the years, they change, you know, uniforms, color schemes, other things, but they, they kind of stay true to that same original logo. And I think the Brewers should have done that to begin with. And now that they're going back to ball and glove logo, I think from this point until the end of the time, the Brewers should stick with that ball and glove logo and, and make any other variations of color scheme or obviously not too drastic, but when you're talking about if, if you just want to, you know, make different, types of uniforms uh, and other things to, you know, merchandise for the team. That's fine. But leave the ball and globe logo in place from this point forward. Definitely. Yeah, I would be totally okay with that. And you know what, if you need like a change of pace kind of thing, there's plenty of other throwback uniforms that you can use, like, you know, just one weekend a year or whatever it is. Like it's always something, but if you need a secondary logo, um, what's wrong with barrel, man. Love that guy. There you go, too. That's, and not only that, but now the 90s and the 2000s ones will be the retro ones, believe it or not. So, anyway, um, but uh, I, I will say, I guess I'll wait till the official one gets released, but if I had to comment specifically about the leak logo that did come out there, I don't know if it was because it was such a small print or whatever, but it literally looked like um, if you gave a marketing intern 15 minutes on Photoshop and said, go take the old Bong Love logo and make it new somehow, that that would pretty much be what they came up with. So um, not to totally criticize it, but um, I'm hoping that the, when the actual original, the real one comes out, there's a, it's a little bit, a little bit better than that one, but we'll, we'll see. Um, so 
definitely excited uh, for the balls all over. The returning myself, though, so. Yeah, I will agree with you on that. It kind of looks like the, I just kept looking at it like something's off. If you're going to do that, like I get it that like the original um, ball and glove logo, um, you just looked at it and you said, oh, it's a ball and a glove. And I remember when I was young, like I never even saw like the MB Milwaukee Brewers. And I think casual fans and in fact, casual um markets i guess or, or out of market people that are just looking at the brewers don't even realize that there's an m and a b in that in that ball and glove logo and so i think they were trying to make that a little bit more pronounced and i don't think it worked exactly um the only other thing that i guess i'm gonna say is that you know like the the retro brewers like the the kind of powder blues with the the yellow uh, that was always like kind of a pretty cool uniform too but I want to stay away from that color scheme. Like I, I, that's not like an everyday uniform. I'm not ready for that anymore. So if you want to update the color scheme and then bring back the ball and glove logo, like that's going to make it look sort of modern anyway to me. Um, but yeah, whatever they yeah. tried to do to tweak it, uh, it didn't work. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see when they're, well, I'm not going to take it totally. Like, again, this isn't necessarily breaking news. It's just so rumored at this point. Um, the Brewers will make an official release, I'm sure, in the next couple of weeks to months, and definitely during this off season. And we shall see, and I'm sure we'll have more comments on it on it then. So, other than that, um, I think that pretty much wraps up for this uh, podcast. We'll have Vince back on the next podcast, and uh, we'll go over a little bit of some recaps from the 2019, you know, playoff season, and uh, also talk about uh, potential free agents uh, who's on our radar. Obviously, we still got plenty of time before the hot so really uh starts heating up around the winter meetings in about a month or so but there's plenty of brewer baseball to talk about even though it's the off season and we're excited excited for you to be joining us so oh and actually um you know chad is is on assignment but um vince is actually celebrating a birthday that's why he's not here so he's kind of bopping around having all kinds of fun getting old oh, yeah. happy birthday events <laughs> I think he's 29 again for several year in a row. <laughs> guys, guys don't do that. We just get really drunk and then just go, wait, what? How old am I? I don't know. Like, it's too much math. So. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Whatever's on the cake, that's how I know how old I am. There we go. All right. Well, uh, it's going to be an exciting off season, Scott. Looking forward to it. Um, going to see how this roster gets built. And uh, the, the key thing is, we're going to have our, our uh, best franchise player Christian Yellich is back to full health at the start of 2020 and also hopefully our former closer Corey Knable back to full health as well so just those two things in and of themselves are very exciting and uh, I'll see which other guys will be joining him here as we turn to add more guys as free agents and possibly more via trade to the 40-man roster so we shall see. Yeah I have a feeling Stearns is going to keep us busy so we're going to have to be doing a lot of like kind of impromptu podcasts and we're going to you know, keep Twitter up to date. Anytime we hear any rumblings, uh, we'll let you guys know. I, we do also obviously have an inside source in uh, Tom Carter at the Milwaukee Brewers, um, you know, among others, but he's, he's the main guy. So, um, you know, I think that that's going to help us. He didn't mention that if you, if, if you keep using his name, that he might, he might actually get let go. So we might have to come up with another source at some point. We'll see. No, they're not going to let go of Tom Carter. I mean, look at that. Look at that office. There's like about 30 people that you would let go before him. 
Yeah, well, they've done, Brewers are known to do stupid things as a franchise, so it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I guess, you know, as a even whole. If, even if we have outed them several times, I mean, whatever. I mean, at least we don't, we don't use his real name, just anonymous, so we're fine. If we would have given him a better nickname, I guess, other than just Tom Carter. Like, I mean, we had the glue. Oh, wait, well, I think it was the fiber, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we, should have, we should have gone with that, maybe. Oh, well. So, okay, so, yeah, we could go with Tom C., T. Carter, or the fiber. Awesome. All right, Scott. Have a good one. Go Brewers. Go Brewers. Da-da-da-da.